This is Bobby Guy with the 10-Minute Health BizCast. This is the bonus track for album one. Our guest today is Corb Maxwell, who's a real estate lawyer in Kansas City, leading Opportunity Zone initiatives across the U.S., Full disclosure, he's also one of my partners at Pulsinelli, and most importantly for you pop culture fans out there, he bears a striking resemblance to Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. I keep trying to get him to buy a 1983 BMW coupe to complete the image, but so far, no dice. Corb, thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Bobby. So Corb, I want to talk about opportunity zones first, and then I want to talk about how they're relevant to healthcare providers second. So tell us about opportunity zones. Yeah, thanks, Bobby. Thanks for the opportunity to do this. Their beginnings all come from tax reform. So in late 2017, Congress passed and the president signed tax reform. Opportunity Zones was an initiative that came both from the left and the right. You have Tim Scott on the right, Cory Booker on the left, coming together as sort of the intellectual force to press for a tax incentive or a tax advantage that is open all across the country to these certain designated Opportunity Zones where um, family offices, wealthy individuals, Um, regular folks uh, and institutional dollars that if they have a capital gain that they've created somewhere in the world, instead of paying federal tax, they can defer it, reduce it, um, and avoid tax on their future appreciation of new gains if they take those dollars, put them into an opportunity fund, and invest them down in an opportunity zone. So it came from tax reform. It's been around for two years. Uh, Since that time, the market's been getting up and going with uh, various components of regulatory guidance that the IRS and Treasury have put out. But we have all of that guidance now, and we now have an active and robust market that's kicking off and getting started um, and creating uh, investment opportunities and deal opportunities in both real estate and opcos all across the United States. So if we think about a... uh an opportunity zone fund. It sounds like to to access the opportunity, you've actually got to create a fund or be part of a fund to invest in it. How does that relate to the real estate and to the businesses in the zone? Yeah, great question. So um, you do have to create a fund and a fund uh, sounds complex. uh, And in some parts it is complex, but it can be as complex as it needs to be with you know, hundreds of millions of dollars raised a sort of Wall Street-based vehicle. It can also be uh, relatively tailored to an individual real estate or operating company deal that you create a fund of a million dollars, $5 million, $10 million. That's just an LLC or a corporation that we put together with some of the magic opportunity zone words in them. Create this fund vehicle where you're able to invest your capital gains, but then that fund goes and invests in a lower tier either joint venture um, scenario or company or otherwise, that's a real estate deal or an operating company deal. That deal, that qualified opportunity zone business, that's where the economics come from. That's where the growth of the business comes from. Um, But that's what this is focused on is either doing those real estate deals or those operating company lower tier deals down below the fund. 
Now, are all the opportunity zones, as they're designated across the country, in sort of very impoverished areas? Yeah. When you look across the map, and the maps are fascinating if you you can find them quickly by just Googling for them and see one of the 8,700 zones across the United States, um, you will find areas that have uh, sort of extreme poverty in them, both in urban and rural settings. You'll also find some zones um, that, that have a have a fairly robust business case behind them. They're still low income. They're still uh, need help, but they, they uh, are close to urban centers. They're around healthcare institutions. They're around not-for-profit institutions. Um, oftentimes, they're centered on those or centered on universities because they were both trying to not only sort of uh, change the, the, the direction of those zones and change the economic impact of them, um, but they also wanted to spur innovation and opportunity. And so that's why many times you find governors from across the country that put large healthcare institutions or universities or other centers of learning into them. So there are some pretty attractive investment opportunities as you look out across the country. So this fits with um, sometimes they're going to be impoverished zones, but also other times you're going to be in an area that's sort of on the edge of industrial uh, of heavy industrialization or heavy uh, urban area so that you can get the benefits of sort of the workforce there and everything else. Is that fair? Exactly right, Bobby. And, and as you go across the, the sort of country, each state had a slightly different uh, way that they designated them because they really were designated by the chief executive officer or the governor of every one of those states and then certified by treasury. Um, so you'll see a wide sort of disparity in what the zones look like. Um, but as we've looked out across the country, there is a large concentration of these in solid uh, urban areas that are very close to major healthcare institutions or include major healthcare institutions all across the United States. So tell us a little bit about opportunity zones for healthcare providers, right? What does the new law potentially do for healthcare providers, for hospitals, for um, ancillary services, for for someone who wants to, who has an existing facility, maybe for someone who wants to develop a facility? Give me an idea about that. To make it a little more clear, what the benefits of OZs are is that if you have a capital gain, you are able to get a long-term deferral. If you invested into an opportunity zone, you're up, you'd be able to get up to a six-year deferral on your taxes, on paying for that sort of capital gain tax that you would have owed. You're then, when you pay that tax in 2027 on that gain, um, you will pay at a lower rate. You'll basically be able at this point to get a 10% step up in basis, which will allow you to pay about 90% of the tax you would have had to pay. So your first part of this is is a benefit or is a long-term deferral. Your second is a reduction in the amount of tax you pay but what really has stimulated the market and created all of the sort of fervor about this program is that you take that capital gain, you invest it down in a good healthcare company that's in one of these zones, and you let it grow for 10 years, 10 years in a day, and then you sell it. That when you sell, you pay no tax on the exit. There is no capital gains tax due oh. on the exit from that sale. And so what that has created is uh, obviously substantial benefit. We've seen and run a lot of pro formas where you're looking at something like 150% of the IRR or the return 
that you wouldn't have seen from a normal deal. You get this extra sort of 50% kicker on top of it. So because of that extra kicker, that extra sort of financial benefit, what we're seeing is investors obviously are smart and the markets are efficient. What they're willing to do is give uh, a lower cost of equity. If it's ozone equity, it can generally be lower cost. And so your healthcare institution, your operating company, the real estate deal that needs to be built on a healthcare campus, any of those things can be built with lower cost equity if it's ozone equity. And so that's the real attractive here is that not only for the investor, they get these tax benefits, but for the existing sort of healthcare company or real estate deal out there, they can attract a much lower cost of equity to lower their sort of operating cost and achieve the goals that they want and need to achieve. So Corb, if I've got a facility that um, is in an opportunity zone or on the edge of one, does it require that we do something new with that facility or that we re- rehabilitate it or do something like that? Or how does it work? Yeah, great question, Bobby. So um, it helps to give a little bit of background about what we've been doing. So the firm here, uh, we did about 50 deals last year. That was about $500 million of OZ equity and about a billion and a half sort of total deal size. Now, most of those deals at this point were sticks and bricks. They were real estate deals. Um, but the folks who envisioned this law and passed this law didn't pass it just to go build more stuff and do more real estate deals. What they really wanted this to focus on was operating companies and start to change employment and long-term employment opportunities for people in these zones and entrepreneurs across America. And that's where I think this gets exciting for those that are already in zone because we can take this law and if there's an entrepreneur in that zone that wants to start a new company or there's an existing company that wants to create a new vision or a new company or extend a product line and we can go and put that into a new company that's equitized with this ozone equity, it's going to be at that lower cost and they're going to be able to scale faster, grow faster because they have that lower cost equity and that lower cost of capital. So we really see while we started in real estate deals and there's always going to be a substantial amount of real estate deals done with ozones, we think this is going to continue to grow and grow and permeate healthcare operating companies and new ventures and that's why we're excited about the market and for folks to to continue to learn about this because we think the opportunities, once it starts applying to those, are going to be legion. Corb, thanks very much for being with us. Um, greatly appreciated. This is excellent to hear about economic incentives, creating uh, real estate growth and jobs in these underserved areas. This has been the 10-Minute Health BizCast, broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks very much for joining us.